Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the last edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Ferris, and this is indeed episode 109 of Birds All Day. And uh, for many, many reasons, this will probably be the final one, I think. Um, as, it, as it stands, the Blue Jays are off to their worst regular season start in franchise history, uh, which is one reason to uh, cancel the podcast, because they're going to have to cancel the season. Um, the whole impending global thermonuclear war as well doesn't bode well for the rest of the baseball season. But more importantly, uh, we should really talk about Kevin Pollard's pop-up, uh, infield pop-up break, um, to get it out of the way. Uh, because that's the kind of stuff we talk about here on Birds All Day. We talk about um, the Blue Jays. And uh, joining me, uh, as always... Old Reliable. Uh, old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Uh, I'm quite well, though, uh, though this just reminded me that... Last week, like literally after we recorded this and I mentioned that I was watching the Golden Girls, there was an episode mm-hmm. where one of Blanche's male callers uh, has the nickname Old Reliable, according to Dorothy. He's just, you know, you just got to go to Bob every time Blanche needs a date. He's Old Reliable. Do you know the funny thing? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I enjoyed like that. that. I enjoyed it. Was, it was so strange having like literally just completed the podcast. Uh, I've given up on the Golden Girls, though, I have to tell you. The other, the world that we in which we inhabit is so strange that you could have told that anecdote and it was funny. But you also could have said that you were watching an episode of the Golden Girls and the President of the United States showed up as a male caller on one of the cast members of the Golden Girls, and I would not have batted an eye. the The President of the United States could have at one point done a cameo as a person who had sex with a uh, horny old Floridian. And I would have been like, yep, that's exactly what would have happened then. Seems a little old for his taste. And less related to him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're going to have to cancel the season though, right? Like we know everyone understands that. Yeah, I think that's that's it. It's over. We can fold up. uh, It's been a good run. That's all we really needed anyway, I think. I think that things are turning around. So of course the Blue Jays are what? (laughs) One and six, right? Seven. One and six? One and seven? seven. Or is it not seven? Really? If it was one and six, I'm like, okay, you know, I can handle that. Uh, no, they are one and seven. Yeah. So it, the season is indeed over. Yeah. One and six, doable. One and seven, uh, that's, uh, that is indeed a, a, a mountain uh, too great to, to, to pass, to summit, to surmount. I don't know. Um, but no, it's not the end of the season, right? No, that's like at the end of September, early October, yeah. Or do you mean like for all intents and purposes as uh, as the Blue Jays contending with the, with the notion of them being a contender this season? No, it's not the end of that either. It's not the end of that either. They're so not, you're they're saying not they're making it easy for themselves, though. So the, the number... Uh, people are are keen to point to the you know the forecasts and playoff odds, which I know that you love and and swear by. Yeah, they're great. Um, so they've taken a <laughs> bit of a hit. They've taken a bit of a hit uh, of late, um, even though uh, the good teams are still the good teams. The bad teams are still the bad teams, and even though the bad teams won a few extra games, like the Twins. That doesn't make the Twins good, or the Diamondbacks, uh, whoever yeah. else. Yeah, um, the Diamondbacks exactly, but. The AL, I don't think the AL, the American League playoff picture is any different today than it was eight games ago. It's the same. The Red Sox are not having raced out uh, to to a great start. No, even Houston, Texas has been terrible. Houston was uh, was know. below the Jays in terms of runs scored per game, like only a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, which is you know, I use that as an example. Uh, to say to the people who are you know really concerned about the Jays, like you wouldn't think that that Houston's going to go through the rest of the season scoring two point eight runs per game, uh, so you shouldn't think that about the Blue Jays. At least they hit home runs for their for you know for their sake. That usually it's Greg's uh, George Springer in the first at bat of the game, but mm-hmm. at least they're hitting them. <laughs> the Jays have four home runs. I think Springer's hit three leadoff home runs this year. But anyway, uh, so. Are we? Do we need to dissect this slow start? And are there hows and whys? Is it is it, is it a a um, failure in team building? Is it did the Blue Jays miss uh, Edward Edward Cardassio? 
who has are they... who has struck out more times than Jose Bautista, I should add, and is hitting 172 himself. And it's another example of you wouldn't be like, oh well, he's clearly finished, but you might do that for Russell Martin or Jose Bautista because they're the guys you you know that that you've tied your emotions to. Uh, but yeah, that'd be stupid. Edwin's gonna be fine, just like the Jays are gonna be fine. But I would not say that Jose Bautista's finished. I would. I, it's a lot easier for me to get there with Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you noticed those dick shots that he uh, that he couldn't fucking clobber there yesterday. But then late in the game, he uh, did a he had a, a great swing, and he I don't know if that was against Knebel or whatever or, or Feliz. I don't remember exactly, but he drove a ball out to right center field, which is a great sign for Russell Martin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be nice to see it happen a few more times. I'd like some some more of those signs. But yeah, but no, he I mean, definitely he definitely watched like two straight like center cut fastballs or not watching. He didn't totally watch. Yeah, he, not, he just did not do anything productive with them. Which no. that's what happens. I mean, you, you can if if you want to get technical on where the Jays are struggling or where what is the reasoning behind their um, struggles. Uh, Nobody is ever going to want to hear it, but there it's, you know, it's just shit happening at this. Like, let's not get too far down the road without acknowledging that shit indeed happens. I, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely, you're right. But you're, but you're also right that if, you know, we start to pick it apart, there are, you know, there are places where you can be like, maybe that is a legitimate concern and other places where you can be like, that's more likely shit just happening. Uh, as you say, Russell Martin uh, you know, I, I I was slapping back at the the Martin is finished truthers on Twitter the other night because you know he had a really good. It, I'm playing arbitrary endpoints, but he had a really good like three or three and a half months in the middle of last season, like really good, like from the start of mm-hmm. May until the end of the season. Even I think his way mm-hmm. to runs created or his uh, yeah his way to run runs created plus was 112, which is very nice for a catcher, uh, and that includes a lot of dog shit in September too. Like he had a very productive stretch. The season's six months long. It's not three and a half months long. That's you know that's kind of the the issue. Uh, but you know, but, so he's not so even point picking apart him and and you know sending him out to pasture is way premature. Uh, but I think there's you know but yeah you're probably right that there's more reason to be concerned about that than there is uh, you know Morales or or uh, or. Tulo not hitting. I mean, I think Tulo's hit the ball kind of well, and though that's getting a bit of a concern too. Is that you know he? I like that he hits the ball hard. It seems like he has been, uh, and then not, not a lot happening. I, I feel that that's more of the shit happens variety. Uh, mm-hmm. But we could just go to up and down the lineup and kind of and kind of look at that. You mentioned Kevin Pollard's uh, pop up right? How are you liking his new approach so far? Uh, <laughs> it is quickly becoming untenable. But I'll say this about, about the Blue Jays, and I think that I saw you tweeting about this a little bit, uh, uh, citing. The strikeout rate, which you were surprised to see it not be higher. Yeah. That the Blue Jays were pretty much middle of the pack in terms of strikeouts. In terms of, uh, so right terms of now, total strikeouts, there are 20 teams with more strikeouts than the Blue Jays. Or there were going into last night's game. which And so by strikeout rate, so but they're very much middle of the order, yeah. right? Middle yeah. of the, middle of the road. 16th, yeah, so, so they're middle of the road in terms of strikeouts. They're currently like dead last in offense. Dead last in terms of uh, team uh, weighted runs created. Plus... Um, it's slugging percentage, batting not. average, yeah, slugging percentage, yeah. yeah. They're dead last in that, but they're middle of the pack in strikeouts. They're middle of the pack in uh, in batted balls. If you look at hard hit rate percentage, they're fifteenth. Uh, medium hit rate percentage, they're sixteenth. Uh, softly hit balls, they're fifteenth. So it's not like like they're they are uh, you know like to me that suggests that that they're putting the bat on the ball and there isn't a huge contact problem. Uh, obviously, sequencing is 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 a problem where if you have two hard hit balls and then a soft hit ball with uh, whatever the, the situations aren't necessarily going to bear out uh, going to bear out runs. But I don't think that there's a fundamental problem with the team. You mentioned Kendrys Morales, who has like a 55% hard hit rate uh, so far this year. It's a little mm-hmm. early for the Statcast stuff, so... So they don't. They haven't started to roll out some of the, you know, the barrels or barrels for batted ball event, whatever you might look at to say these guys are squaring it up. They're not, or these guys aren't squaring it up. Jays have a really low home run per fly ball rate, which um, is again, you could just chalk a lot of that up to to um, to chance. I mean, they've played how all but two of their games indoors so far this year, so you can't really use. It's just like like you can only shrug. 
you can only shrug at, at, the, at the, the, the big picture. I think that there's individual um, performances that you can keep up with. Kevin Pillar in particular, he has, like, he has an, a really high uh, pop-up rate. Uh, last night you saw, you know, he hasn't struck out yet this year, right? That's mm-hmm. the, that was sort of the thing that people have pointed to. Uh, but I think if you saw a couple of his plate appearances last night, like he's just making dog shit contact, like just brutal, brutal swinging at pitches out of the zone. And then the things that he's getting, he's not driving. He's hitting these weird little slicey shots to the right-hand side of the infield or infield flies and whatever. Uh, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. He's not striking. You're not hitting the ball with any kind of authority mm-hmm. uh, where you you can't say you can say otherwise about Morales and even Steve Pierce, who I am already on the record with my yeah. <laughs> um, apprehensions about his uh, about his ability to be an everyday guy. He has not looked. His numbers aren't great, but I don't think he's in the same category of like looking like he's getting abused. Right. Agreed. Like, Agreed. Like Pilar, but <laughs> and I think, you're, and others... I think you're right that Pol- that Pierce. Uh, you know, a lot of people will point to the good numbers that he's had, which are kind of in select appearances. You know, they would shield him against. You know the good righties and stuff like that. So that will, that will, uh, that will change the sample, and 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 so he may get exposed, as you would say. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's way down the list of problems at this point. It was interesting to see Kendrick Smiles play first base the other night, um, which it wasn't interesting to me that he played first base because he was fine. Uh, it was interesting to see people react to him playing first base as though he had somehow like. Risen from the grave to play first base, in, <laughs> yeah. that, like hitch strapping on a glove and, and taking his position uh, and not hurting himself or or having the ball strike him in the face or sail into the crowd consistently. Uh, people were really happy with his play at first base, which he's a professional baseball player. Like it's, it's, he should, it's yeah, he probably should be able to handle first base a little bit. It's I, I'm, and, I and, wonder how much that is. Uh, from people just trying to sell themselves on Justin Smoke being like a glove first first baseman and and not realizing you know how where the bar is for competence defensively at first base you know there's just there's only so much you can do you're kind of tied to that bag a lot. It's true. It's very true. And uh, Justin Smokes at bats. I have probably or maybe finally succumbed to um, that. There is no hope for Justin Smoke. I think I tried to hold out hope for a long time. His at bats are so agonizing. It's He's not just, good. Yeah, it's not good. It's not fun to watch. It's not pleasant. It's uh, it's nothing. Um, it is uh, you know, and to see him pinch hitting at some at points during the game is shocking. Shocking. It that, is that, that Justin Smoke <laughs> is being used as a pinch hitter. It's a little much. It's a little. I, I get believing in your players, but yeah, that's uh, that's tough to swallow. Seeing Smokey walk out there. To get those big whiffs, it's uh, yeah, I I, I I get where you're going with on where you're going on that. I, I do like. I mean, I know people have been are harping on the the lineup construction because smoke has obviously been a problem as has been you know for it, it's been blindingly clear for months and months and months. Uh, Ezekiel Carrera in left field going to be a problem, but I mean, it, as far as it, it's still. As much as it's been such dog shit to start the season, you know, you still you don't have the swing and miss that you were seeing from Saunders, who was garbage last year in the second half, and Upton is gone. Uh, there's, you know, Carrera and Smoke are essentially a weird platoon at this point, so you're really only mm. going to get, like, a full season worth of a bat of a bats of Carrera or Smoke, which are hopefully going to be shaded towards pl- t- times when they can be more successful, though I think a lot of it's going to depend on the gloves and... You know who's a fly ball pitcher on the mound and who's a ground ball pitcher, and whether they're whether or not Pierce is going to be at first or in left field. Uh, but I don't know. That kind of that cuts down on that. That leaves just one black hole per day where Pierce and or sorry where Carrera and Smoke are going to be. Uh, so in a way, I kind of like that as a long term thing. It doesn't make it any fucking easier to watch Smoke take at bats at this point, though. And obviously. You know, do better in your shitty, stupid platoon at first base and left field. Like this weird hybrid platoon you're doing. I mean, good lord. But as it is, I don't know. It's it it, it could be it could be worse. I I'm I'm happy to not be seeing a lot more Upton and Saunders and and in addition to those guys. I'll say that. I I am willing at this point in my life to chalk to just douse this entire thing in narrative. And say that Russell Martin, because he went during the World Baseball Classic, 
with Canada, and he was a coach, so he wasn't even getting at bats. Mm-hmm. That's the big problem right now. <laughs> uh, and Travis yeah. missed a lot of spring training because he was hurt, because he's Devin Travis, so he's um, quite uh, often hurt. So that's that's where I'm going here. That's well, what I'm know, sticking with. The pitchers are really ahead of the hitters at this time of year. Well, that, thank you for doing <laughs> my work here, which is to say that the pitching, for the most part, for the Blue Jays has been quite fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that anyone is, you know, uh, Jay Hapka has been uh, uh, bamboozled a little bit by the long ball. Um, Shocking. Last little bit. Shocking turn of events. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't think this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, you could, you could probably, well, it's easy to quibble with his performance, with his, uh, his outings. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't walked anybody this year. He's just been getting hit. Um, but to me, I, I can, you know, I'll, I'll deal with that. So I, again, that's to me, that's a bit more of uh, shit happening. Um, he's getting hit, getting hit a little bit, but he's striking people out, and he's, and he's. You know, kind of, he was kind of battling. He wasn't quite himself, but uh, and Estrada, the same thing. The ball sort of just found the wrong side of the fence a couple of times. Uh, I'm not, I'm not so worried. And and Liriano, well, uh, in in the face of exactly what I said, <laughs> would last never week, happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it flatly happened, yeah. uh, unbelievably. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not worried about the starting pitching and the bullpen has been. I don't know. It's probably easy to. Has the bullpen been bad? Well, I mean, they've lost a lot of close games, but... Yeah, I, I think the bullpen's been okay. It hasn't really been tested in the way that, you know, the like the traditional use of a bullpen where you're trying to lock down a win. They just haven't had the opportunities to do that yet, so it's hard to judge mm. them a little bit. But I think in terms of just how they've straight up thrown, most guys have been fine. Uh, you know, J.P. Howell was obviously a disaster and then went on the, the shelf with the left arm shittiness, which... Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which now leaves Aaron Loop as the first chair lefty. I I, I don't know if I, that that won't that surely won't last. Uh, but they should probably get a lead to protect before we really like. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Evaluate the the bullpen and the way that it stacks up because yeah. it hasn't. You know, Roberto Osuna's pitched once um, and he pitched well and he was throwing 96, 97 miles an hour. So the, also all is uh, well on that front. That allows Jason Grilly to slide back into a more Grilly su- uh, supportive role. Um, you know, yeah, at the Biagini, barbecue. Yeah, yeah B- <laughs> B- pitched a, a bunch, and um, you know he's been effective. He's been Joe Biagini effective, and not yep. necessarily striking anybody out. But I don't know. I got I got no problem. Ryan Tapera back, glass guy in the bullpen. Joe Smith is. People are gonna like Joe Smith right until the moment that all those frisbees just start spinning <laughs> up there a little bit. But probably, I don't know. Yeah. The, you, you can't. It, it's really a matter of the offense. And again, they've been they haven't been blown out really. They've just not. They just looked like shit because they haven't been able to hit the ball out of the ballpark or seemingly sustain anything in the way of a of a, of a good uh, rally here mm-hmm. or there because there have been uh, black holes. And, uh, you know, you said, well, Carrera and Smoke are kind of a platoon. Uh, I would really hope that that is something, that's a position that could be upgraded. That is a situation that absolutely could be upgraded. What's up, fam? You know, baseball season is around the corner, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every Blue Jays game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing like seeing the best plays of the year in person. We've all been down to the games. It's uh, it's an incredible experience. With the Blue Jays, when they're great, uh, you want to be there. You want to be there in person. You want to be in the stands. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You know, I have the app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I could be anywhere, just a few taps, I got my tickets to the game. It's uh, it's a tremendous thing, and it's not just the Blue Jays game. You know, you could go to Leafs games, you can go to concerts, comedy events, theater tickets, all sorts of stuff is on, t- on SeatGeek. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop SeatGeek tickets with confidence. Uh, and it'll just give you the most bang for your buck, plus... Listeners to Birds All Day, just like last year, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. When you do that, you enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, BIRDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. For real, $20. Holy shit. Do that shit. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. And I, 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 I don't. You and I haven't talked about this yet. Uh, this is my idea, mm-hmm. my brainwave. 
is that the Blue Jays are going to go out and reacquire Melky Cabrera. I, I wrote about that a while back. Uh, Did you? Uh, like at the start of the spring, or sorry, at the start of the winter. Uh, he was a guy who, you know, when everybody was talking about the White Sox blowing it up, he had a surprisingly decent year last year. Mm-hmm. And you could even, conceivably, crazy as it may sound to some fans out there, you could even probably have Morales at first base a bunch and Cabrera as the DH, as opposed to asking him to go out there and try to play the fucking field. Would you feel, so I guess it becomes a matter of like, is, it, is Melky or Steve Pierce worse in left field? Is yeah. the conversation that we're now having? I How about a team that we're shocked to learn is one and seven? <laughs> <laughs> but Malky had a really nice year at the plate last year, so I, I'm I'm sure you did bring that up, and it, it, it I'm sure will surprise people because it surprised me when I looked at that and was kind of looking over the the White Sox roster, you know. And if the I don't know, maybe Justin Smoke uh, once they get rid of Abreu, they're they're going to need a placeholder first baseman. Justin Smoke is a great first baseman for a team that wants to be intentionally bad. Uh, you know he's locked in on that contract. Uh, you know any team that's that, that you know he's a veteran. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna give it his all every day for you. Uh, and he's used to failure. So uh, get at it, White Sox. I mean that's that's a little side piece we can involve there. We'll just take the Melky contract back. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. figure it out. I know. I, I I don't mean to. I don't mean to step on your. Your thunder here. My rosturbation. My, my mixing of a metaphor. But yeah, no, I, I, I like the idea of Melky, uh, as insane as that sounds. Uh, yeah, I got no problem with that. I got I got lots of time for Melky. He's a switch hitter. Um, again, there's a lot of concern about the Jays being too right-handed again, which is all these concerns come up when things aren't going well, when guys look overmatched or they look old or they look tired or they look hurt or they look like Kevin Pillar, like all these different <laughs> shortcomings that the Jays lineup has. Um, you can start to point to point out those flaws and call them out. But um, having a left-handed bat at the top of the order would be nice. Having a, a guy who is, you know, he's not going to hit the ball over the fence. But uh, Melky Cabrera is like a no would be like a no-speed version of Ben Revere, right? He's just there to kind of hit, get a bunch of singles and stand around waiting for the guys after him to, to drive him in. But but I don't know. I, I do think that it's a position worth upgrading. But I think upgrading is the question where where that you and I are going to ask. But as uh, Dave Cameron asked at Fangraphs today, is it maybe time for the Blue Jays to look the other way and not upgrade, but downgrade? And not, I don't know, be bad on purpose, but uh, realize value on potential assets uh, such as, oh, I don't know, Josh Donaldson, uh, while he is at his peak value in terms of control years and what have you. Um, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I would make me very uh, window jumping out of lit-ish. <laughs> yeah, that would be a nightmare. Uh, mm-hmm. I would. I mean, I would get. I get the idea that you know once what, Donaldson's a free agent at the end of next year, and this mm-hmm. this team this team ain't real good without Josh Donaldson. I mean, especially when you're going forward with Estrada being a free agent, Aliriano and Bautista, uh, and nobody who really looks like a slam dunk to be able to replace anything close to their production coming up you know right in behind them uh you'd have to go to the free agent market to to replace those guys you could probably do it you could probably patch together a roster for a bit and that would work uh as long as josh donaldson is in the middle of your lineup still uh but yeah he's only here for one more year and it 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 could be a temptation. I, I, I can understand it. I mean, we're, we're getting way, way ahead of it by talking about it because it's, it's really, it's not going to take as much as people think for the Jays to get back to 500 and to get back to, you know, being in the conversation about the playoffs again. I mean, this doom and gloom won't last forever. It, but on the chance that it does and on the chance that they don't play themselves back into that spot, I mean, I mean, it, fuck, I bought season tickets. Like, what a worthless fucking investment that would be if they sell Josh Donaldson in the middle of this season. But, you know, you you get, I can, you can see where the temptation is. I mean, especially looking at the farm system and thinking about what you could be in three, four years. And you also wonder, it's just the, the arc of the uh, of the front office, too, right? I mean, it sort of fits in their window. They're not, they're not going anywhere until they really sort of put their stamp on the next version of the Blue Jays. And that would be uh, a wonderful way to to start it uh, in a cold and emotionless and and, uh, and and just completely cynical. We don't give a shit about putting a good product on the field way. 
uh, you could kind of see them seeing the sense in that, but one hopes that there is more incentive to continue to try to be good, maybe spend to the fucking luxury tax threshold, that's all we fucking ask, you know, like, do shit like that, try to fill in around these guys, uh, do your damn jobs, and get some, get some guys in here who can, you know, build a, a, a competitive roster around Donaldson, and find a way to keep him, and, uh, and figure out the rest later, I think that would be you know, that, that's the kind of thinking that I think a lot of fans, after three years of a rebuild, would say, thank fuck we didn't do that. But right now, sitting where we are, I'm like, come on, don't, don't, don't take this back to 2010. I mean, that's, that's tough to swallow right now, especially looking at what they have and where they've been and where they should be this year. Uh, trading Josh Donaldson is bad for any front office. Because you don't get, it's not often you get players who are as good as he uh, like but, literally almost never. Yes. <laughs> but I think that it, I, I, it's too early to think about it. Um, if if the Jays are still the the uh, June equivalent of one and seven, well, then yeah, maybe you want to have that conversation. But it's not something that. Yeah. It's not like trading, trading, like trading Donaldson. Is, I think you made a good point um, is that it's not like trading. Trading Donaldson is the beginning of like a three-year process, right? It's not. I don't think that trading Josh Donaldson or, or anyone along those lines is going to be the start start of a quick reload. No, trading Donaldson to take is, advantage. It's going to be Vlad Guerrero Jr. is your next great. You're building around him next, and so however long that takes, well, plus whoever then, you because, get from, from Donaldson, basically. So yeah, so yeah, you you have to aim for not maybe not big league ready players or guys but who might be one or two years away from being big league ready, uh, which is cause then then it's like well now what are you going to do with with Stroman and Sanchez? Well then you got to yeah. hang on to them and see what happens. I guess again you don't want to necessarily like just punt everything, but you also uh, and you you we talked we mentioned this off the air was. If you trade Donaldson, you have to then shoot Tulowitzki. Like you have to just put him down and lay him out and bury him out behind the center field fence because he is now uh, at that point he not all the things that are true about Troy Tulowitzki are true if you trade Josh Donaldson. But now also he's pissed off and has no no desire to be anywhere. Uh, so you, you can't. But like, how much value is there in moving Tulowitzki? How much value is there in moving Russ Martin? Uh, you know, suddenly you're now you're just stripping the thing down for parts, and and then it's now it starts to look like a whole like a giant rebuild, and and there's no time for that. There's no time. I, I don't have any time for that. Get you know, I I think it's worth rolling up and and, and making a real run at this again. Unless you know, okay, well let, let's let's what what would have to happen for you to think other than like if shit if say like the shit happens, shoulder shrug. If that continues for another six weeks, is that all it takes before you to give up and be like, okay, well now it's time? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I I think the important person answering that question is you know whoever, <laughs> either Edward Rogers Jr. or whoever's really concerned about Sportsnet and their summer content, uh, because mm-hmm. it's all linked, right? I mean, it's not like it's an independent, uh, you know, team selling their their rights to to a TV network. Uh, you know, we hate the influence that the, the inside Rogers kind of dealings have on the Blue Jays, but that could be a spot where somebody there is like, hey guys, hold on, what, what's this about you tanking our ratings and making this team unwatchable for three years? Like, that mm-hmm. that may not go over well. And sadly, that may be our best hope to save us from a real three-year kind of rebuild, which maybe we are, are you know, just being naive to think that we ought to be saved from. Maybe that would be the best course of action. I mean, I, I understand where Cameron was coming from, looking at, you know, the guys that are leaving, the age of the team, the stuff that's coming in behind. Uh, it's not real tenable once you start, you know, guys declining like they could be already and removing pieces like Bautista, like Estrada, like Hap next year, like Donaldson next year, like Liriano at the end of this year. Uh Something and also I think Cameron pointed out that you know Donaldson had that two-year contract. He's going to have an arbitration salary next year, so uh, they're going to get a lot of money off the books from Bautista and Estrada and Liriano. But they're also going to have to pay guys more. They're going to have to pay Donaldson more than he makes this year. They're going to have to pay Stroman and Sanchez arbitration salaries. 
uh, Osuna maybe as well. Uh, though I'm not sure. Plus, when they much. give when they give Kevin Pillar the Kevin Kiermeyer contract, they got to pay him <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, it does it. It's tough. It's tough, but hopefully, hopefully somebody there sees that there's there's a path to continuing to build the farm system while not completely submarining the on-field product. And uh, there, hopefully that's with there, Donaldson and Tulo, too. I mean, I, I think that would be a good thing for everybody. There is a path. Mm-hmm. There is a path. And and it, it's so easy for us to start getting doom and gloom. Again, they're 1-7, but they're still like, what What does that mean? There's a 154 games remaining in the season. Uh, they do have to win at a pretty, stand, a pretty good clip if they ex- expect to get to the playoffs. Um, but again, you could... They kind of had to pick and choose. They had they to do had that, to anyway. that anyway. Yeah. You had to be good to make the playoffs. Breaking. Um, <laughs> so here is the path. It is, it is not involved punting. It does not involve trading off assets and stripping the team down for parts, as we said, and starting to worry about how much it's going to cost you to keep... Like, oh no, our two young pitchers that we developed are too good and they're expensive. What are we going to do? Uh, here's the path. You look at a team in the National League that's rebuilding, and you say, let us trade for you, from you, your most expensive best player. Uh, that will help us to be good. His name is Joey fucking Votto. So they go, and they trade for Joey Votto, and then all of this stuff goes away. That's my, that's my firm belief. That is, I am doubling down on, like, crazy, bullshit Canadian fan garbage. They now, now, they have to trade for Joey Votto. Now. Like, right now. And then they'll be fine. I don't think Cincinnati's going to punt on their season just yet. But, but they uh, should. They're in the middle of the punt. But if the if the Jays can hang on until after the All-Star break, then then as much as it always bothered me that it's just, it's like, oh, he's good and Canadian, so we should get him, it does make a hell of a lot of sense. Like, I, I, you, cannot, you cannot deny it. Uh, I'm all for it. And all the once, pieces fit. And once again... Justin Smoke, a perfect first baseman for a team that's trying to be bad. Uh, you got to involve him somehow. Uh, it's perfect. He's just he's there. He's there as bait. It's like when you want to be those those Astros when they're losing a hundred games every year. Uh, you need your Matt Dominguez's. You need your you need your Justin Smoke esque guys who are maybe not really big leaguers unless you're a team intentionally trying to be bad. So let's. So if if not Votto though, like then then what? You know who I want. I if not that, then go get Ryan fucking Braun. Go trade for Ryan Braun. He looked like a million bucks this week uh, in the in these two games. Uh, he's great. He's a good ball player. He can do it all, and he's a, kind of a loathsome human being. But who cares? <laughs> uh, I asked some Brewers fans at the home opener about him. I'm like, is he still any good? What's what's up? What do you think of Ryan Braun? And they they were reluctantly championed Ryan Braun because why wouldn't you he's still he's, still he's low key like the one of the three best players in franchise history I think that, <laughs> which is not that, that, not saying nothing because it's a, it's a pretty good franchise history it is he's very good uh, but he is under contract through 2020 plus an option uh, so that is that is doubling down like I would love to that, see it I would love to see it it's he's 19 million this year, 19 and then 18 and 16. So he's actually front his contract's a bit more front loaded, and then there's a four million dollar buyout towards the end. Um, yeah, do it. Go nuts. Who cares? Like you said, you want to spend after that luxury tax. Spe- yeah, you, go all in. This, Throw I mean, good money after bad. <laughs> this is a tangent, but you know, I'm talking about payroll stuff this week and, and, and last week a bit. You know, it, it it just it's so confounding. And talking, and I haven't even written yet about. I think Sports Illustrated was had a little video, or probably and probably a companion piece about the uh, franchise valuations that said that the Jays went up forty four percent. Their value did last year, the biggest growth among any team in uh, in the majors. And I, I made the snide remark that I'm sure their payroll went up that much as well, uh, which of course is not how business actually works. But it just it baffles me that they have this built-in excuse to stop spending which is the luxury tax and which you know i think maybe i'm wrong and maybe this is why they don't do it but i doubt it i think it's because they're trying to save a little more money but i think fans would generally understand if you weren't blowing past the luxury tax every year like that's where you're you know you end up getting taxed like dollar for dollar on shit eventually like you know there's obviously complex uh rules in place but that that's a that's a great spot to spend up to and not have people question how much you're spending. Just fucking do it already. 
Do it. It, it eliminates it this conversation. We never really have to talk about payroll parameters or bullshit again. Just spend the luxury tax. We'll be happy. Uh, we talked. Let's. We, we can sit here and we can roster bait and do the Joey Votto thing forever and ever. Uh, one more thing. It's probably going to come go. up again. Yeah. Well, it's only got only has about only three weeks before it becomes a dead story. Like if it doesn't happen soon and, the, and this they continue to suck, well then there's no more pining for Joey Votto. I guess that's true. Then there's then there's pilot pining for Tyler O'Neill. So what that's here's the other side of this. Okay, here's part two of my master plan. And I hope Alexis Bernicki is listening because she is the Tyler O'Neill champion. Um, so the Jays stay bad, but the Mariners get a little bit better. The Mariners need to make a big trade. They need to improve their team. Uh, what better way than by trading for, I don't know, someone like Josh Donaldson, for example. Even though they have a very nice third base, but Josh Donaldson's way better. So the Jays then, rather than going after the big-name Canadian star, they go for the big-name Canadian prospect. They extract Tyler O'Neill from the Mariners. And then uh, and then they ride off into the sunset, winners of the 2021 World Series. So that's, that's the new plan. Get the Mariners to trade Tyler O'Neill if the Jays stay bad and the Mariners get better. If not, then, I don't know, trade for someone Nelson good? Cruz. Yeah. yeah, Nelson Cruz. I like that. Or Adam Lind. Go get, see if you can get Adam Lind back from the, <laughs> from the Nationals. Um, we talked about him real quick. Uh, this Marcus Stroman person, I think he's going places. He's I don't know about bad. you. Yeah. Uh, he looked dynamite uh, last night. Uh, and he looked very, very good the, his previous outing as well. I heard his World Baseball Classic wasn't bad either. Uh, he's doing it. I mean, he's, it's, he's back in the, oh, Marcus Roman, could you maybe strike somebody out? Uh, th- that would be nice. Uh, but he is, uh, he's just real good. He work, was working really quickly last night, which is just like saintly, considering the way the first oh my God, uh, couple yeah. games have just been such a drag. But uh, he, he looks terrific. Uh he is very good. I, There's a lot to. He's got a, a nice. Like. He's got a nice defense behind him, which definitely helps. If you had Butchers back there, if you had Jose Reyes still at shortstop, I, I would maybe question how well Mark Stroman would be looking right now, or we'd have to. We'd have to maybe sift through some numbers to to mm-hmm, make it look mm-hmm. like a better picture than it is. I think Pilar made a great uh, running catch at the wall as well. But I mean that you know that happens, and there was a little spot with the, which was also nice. And I think Pat and Buck talked about it on the broadcast. So, good lord, I don't want to parrot them, but where where he did seem to get hit a bit, he there was like a little half inning, and then he uh, and then he adjusted, and he was completely fine. And and yeah, no, there there's there's lots there's lots to like there. If he could get some run support, he might uh, he might win some games. Who cares if he wins some games? He's leading the league in innings pitched right now, technically, uh, with fifteen point one in his two outings. Uh, yeah, he looks he looks really good and and I don't know. I, I've I've said a few times that I think that this is kind of maybe kind of be the year that he puts a lot of it uh, all together, but um, um, the, his name has been the one that has been a lot of come up a lot often with like they should sign him to you know a contract, give him that Ricky Romero or John Lester or whatever sort of. Uh, early years extension. I, I, I'm very much in favor of, of offering him that extension. I'm not, unless I'm more wary of, of Sanchez. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to to, to to lock Marcus Stroman up and let Marcus Stroman be a member of the last good Blue Jays team and also the next good Blue Jays team, presume, not which is to assume that they in between they're bad. But uh, I don't know. I'm all I. I don't know. He's just really he's impressed me, even though he's not he's not been. Too much different than than what he has been. I just find myself really impressed by him this year, more so than in the past. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's uh, it works. It, it's it's funny though too. It's that it's uh, he's a guy who didn't have that sinker before he basically came to the big leagues, and now it's like it's his bread and butter. He's getting all those ground balls, and and mm-hmm. that, that speaks maybe to uh, to his ability to adapt. And he's doing the little things with the delivery, which is. Which was kind of like a joke last year a bit, especially when he started badly. It's like, hey, maybe don't work on your hesitations so much as like getting mm-hmm. ready for the season and getting on top of that ball. But when it's all coming together, it's uh, it's pretty good. Hashtag come together. I remember when the it's Jays always had, remember when the Jays had a terrible hashtag. It's almost like it was right now. I, I do I do like that it is that the the current hashtag is like. Uh, has a good chance of inspiring an insurrection against Rogers, um, which <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm here for. I got I got lots of time for that. Uh, I would be very happy for that to. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be very happy for that to happen. 
So I don't know. They got they got they got to play the stupid Orioles again. They get to play the Orioles, and they don't even get to face Ubaldo. Yeah, that's tough. Which is but that is tough. That's trash. But uh, it's I think the thing the most predictable thing is that we're going to say that it's early because it, it is. Uh, it isn't to say that having a, getting off to a slow start like this or getting six games below five hundred at any point in the season isn't going to be problematic for the playoff picture. But it is so early that there is more than enough time to make up those wins, to catch up, to make it, to build up, uh, to catch up the ground between them and whoever else, the Orioles. Again, the, uh, the division itself is so tightly packed. It's so early that it can't be anything but tightly packed, right? They're four and a half games out, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's pretty. It's fine. It's just, uh, I, you know. You can't really have a repeat of the last eight games as the thing. Then it might really start to get concerning. And then you look at the Orioles and the Red Sox on the schedule and you think, well, there's a, there's a non-zero chance of something like a repeat happening against those two teams. Uh, so fingers crossed that they get their fucking shit together in a hurry because as much as you know, no one can put themselves out this early, uh, you, do, you do another one and seven in your next eight games. and My lord. But, but why would we even talk about a thing like that? That's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, you got anything else? Got anything else to add? Any early season observations? Anything? How was your experience? The ballpark experience? People are talking a lot about that. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see what Christian Jack uh, tweeted at me there last night about uh, the atmosphere the, at the game? They were, it was sort of like a forced party atmosphere. Christian, obviously, I know from when we worked at the score, he's a TSN soccer analyst. He, he, uh, he mentioned he's that he's a massive the, baseball fan. He's, he's a massive, huge, yeah. enormous, like, Braves. keeps a... Big Braves fan. He goes to opening day. I know he's been. He goes to opening day. He's had 18 years in a row. And, you're, and he said to you, I know he goes to Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, he was a guest host on the Getty Blank podcast once, which was great. But uh, but yeah, no, he he was not into it. Uh, yeah, like the just the forced party atmosphere that that some people said they didn't really notice. Uh, mm-hmm. Others said it, it was a little distracting. They were playing like music stings between pitches, basically, and not just like let's go Blue Jays stuff like. You know, just throwing on the new, the new Mike Stud track and shit like that, like like between pitches, which was just jarring and very like, like I don't know. Trying to try, it felt. I, I don't like this to be a dig because I I like what the Raptors do and I think that that's you know that fits for what they for what the they're they're bringing and their brand and everything. But it was kind of Raptorsy, like you know you go to the ACC and. The, the opponents bringing the ball up the up the in the backcourt and they're they're still playing music and like that's that's just normal that's fine but it was just a little weird, uh, the way that they went about that and apparently it was really loud I think that's probably something that they're gonna get sorted out I don't think that they mean to make people have to like lose their hearing one hopes that that was just sort of a uh, a kink uh, as opposed to like a feature. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was interesting. It was a strange, strange home opener, to be honest. It was it was different than any that I had been to. They've kind of, uh, my buddy Bo would always get group sale tickets and bring a lot of people, and I think there were a lot of group sales that uh, they've basically eliminated that. I don't think they did group sales for it this year, so there was a lot of, uh, you know, it's more season ticket holders. It was definitely less of a party in the crowd, and part of that's probably the record, too. Part of that, that it was a Tuesday, that it gets fucking muggy in there when it's... Uh, it's obnoxious in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's warm, and people and, and the game was just sort of flat, and so that was mm. weird. But there were also like way more empty seats than I thought the, the, than I've seen in a long time for a home opener. I think just because people on the secondary market expected to get more money for those tickets, and 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 that didn't go. Uh, I think the record obviously plays into that as well. But there were I think a lot of seats that looked like they probably went unsold, or maybe it's just you know season ticket holders who bought them to get playoff tickets last year and are like, I want no part of that disgusting shit show that is normally opening day. Uh, but it was a little strange that way. Uh, it also, though, I, I, I was commenting before, it, it seemed like way less of a clusterfuck outside and in terms of getting people into the stadium. There's a, there's a dedicated season ticket holder line which moved quite well. Uh, Interesting. The, 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 the bottleneck at gate five, uh, they're five, six down on the, uh, on the south side of the building, on the southeast side, was, was not... It was bad, but it wasn't. It did, it did not look like the giant mess that I thought it had been in years past. And my big hope, and also the the, the beer situation wasn't great. The the uh, where I was in the 500s, they have big beer stands on the 500 level that 
worked great when people paid cash, but the interact was extremely slow, uh, and that made it an issue. But it seemed like they had a bunch of like other beer carts around the the stadium. Like, with you know, there'd be like a dedicated Budweiser cart or a dedicated. There's the Goose Island stand. There's still there's little spots where people who are just looking for that could go, and and the lines did not seem to be too bad there. Uh, which my hope is all of that combined. And my guess, I guess, if, if it really, if it wasn't just an anomaly, is that they're actually using, like, their big data stuff and they're and actually thinking mm. about, like, how to best process crowds and get them into the ballpark and how to best lay out the stadium and where, you know, where they need carts to be to better serve people. Like, I think that we, that may have been a look at that sort of stuff at work. I know I tweeted about it and people were like, yeah, they just probably know better from, from, all the big crowds in the last couple of years. I'm like, no, no, I think that they're probably actually, you know, proactively using information to better improve the crowd experience. And hopefully that's true. I know people don't like that. I'm too kind to the front office sometimes, but hopefully that was a, that was a change for the positive, but definitely the on-field shit and the, uh, uh, the in-game presentation was, uh, was a little obnoxious for some, uh, myself included, which, which was odd. And this is what I said to Christian too, is that, it's odd because they keep talking about we want to make the Rogers Center a ballpark. That's what we you know, you know we may not we may not end up going all grass. I think somebody tweeted at me that Paul Beeston said, "Oh, the grass dream might be dead," which you know you never should have fucking brought it up in the first place to deflect mm-hmm. <laughs> to deflect from your you know your lack of spending in the off season that year or whatever. But uh, but beyond that, they've said that you know that they want to make changes to make it more of a ballpark. And it felt like, is that, is this what a ballpark is? Where there's just music screaming at me all the time? Like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't feel it because I was just looking at my own drink a lot. So, so <laughs> it doesn't, it, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to be like shouting like I really had these, quite these concerns, but I noticed it. And I definitely have noticed, you know, not just Christian, but a lot of fans saying, uh, that they were not impressed with, with the way that that all went down. Uh, which is sort of a, I don't know, it's a picky thing, but yeah, I would love to just go and watch a damn baseball game. I'd love to, I'd love the experience to be like if you, like when you go to Christie Pitts to watch the Maple Leafs, right? Where there's, there's no bells and whistles. It's just, you're there to watch baseball and talk to your friends and drink a bottle of wine on the, the grass and stuff. So, uh, I do, I do like to go to a baseball game and chill and like talk and shoot the shit and, and have a beer or two and have something to eat and watch and, or if I go with my kids, I like to be able to like talk with them and listen to what they think about what's going on. Yeah, um, I'm an old man that way. I, <laughs> I, I, that's the languid pace. You know, doesn't, yeah. There's a difference doesn't between having a languid pace yeah. and a laid back vibe to being like a really slow and and irritating game, which is what has been happening now. As as we, I was looking at, you know, Dave Cameron wrote again from Fangraphs earlier in the year about how like baseball is marching towards this three true outcome nightmare where. Every plate appearance is either a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. And the runs have gone up a little bit because everyone's swinging for the downs on every pitch. And, and But guys are also not afraid to take their walks. So you start adding more pitches for plate appearance. And then you have more time between each plate appearance. And then and then we add mound, mound visits, which drive up the, you know, the, the time of the game. So I don't want the game to take forever, but I don't need to be inundated with, with entertainments or things that are entertainment-shaped uh, every minute of the game. I am all for dancing things and races. You know, when they run a race hot. Remember when they used to do the hot pepper race and all oh, that yeah, kind of shit? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that kind AJ of stuff. AJ Burnett but... getting into it when he was on the DL, didn't he run? Like a hero. <laughs> yeah. Like a goddamn hero. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's the kind of stuff that 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 irks me. I, I don't... just The Raptors thing in particular, they're playing music all the time. Like, you know, uh, I like to talk. I like to chat. I like to bullshit. I like to show off how fucking smart I am and hear the sound of my own voice. Like, that's... Uh, that's a big part of any experience for me. Mm. I'm looking for any opportunity to allow that to happen. So hopefully, maybe hopefully they can find a find a balance and, and use some of that big data to do some sentiment analysis. Was probably what they're doing, trolling through Twitter and Facebook and having people go like, "Wow, the game last night was super irritating. My fan experience was awful." So if you if you have those feelings, share them. Don't necessarily tweet them at the team, but let's have that conversation because uh, they'll notice. They're always watching. Consumer confidence is high on their priority list. Yeah, which I, which, which I mean, fuck if they're if they're going to be responsive, and I don't want to give them too much credit for that just yet. But if, but that's a good thing if they if that's genuinely how it's going to play out. Where where if they see that fans are annoyed by that, uh, the one thing I didn't even mention, 
which was on the extremely positive side, side is that they didn't play that fucking song in the eighth inning. And they didn't uh, last night as well on uh, on Wednesday night. So that is a huge plus. The, 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 the people's voices have been heard, and by which I mean, by the people's, I mean mine. I'm glad this is, this is a big win for you, I think. I think your brand has... Uh... It's a loss for Finley, and that's really more important to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Finley. All right, that's enough. We've gone she, on. We've she gone, likes we've gone a on. few too many clowns trying to own me, I, I must say. I noticed that shit. <laughs> well, sometimes the clowns need to have, make their voices be heard, and sometimes they, have to, they get to respond to you as well. Sometimes, in fact, we all wear the the puffy red nose and the and the rainbow wig. <laughs> I've I've been known to. All right, uh, but yeah, no, Finley's lovely, but uh, I don't want to say feel, don't panic. Put on the feeling is not. I'm thank <laughs> fuck it's gone. <laughs> I don't want to say don't panic, uh, but allow the season, the rich tapestry that is the baseball odyssey, to unroll before you before <laughs> opting to. Um, uh, you know, to throw yourself off of a bridge. I think that's my sage-like advice for this. <laughs> this episode 109 of Birds All Day, which I think is going to have to come to an end now. I Fair so. enough? I think so. All right, well, everyone, uh, have a great uh, Easter weekend if you're listening to this um, during the Easter weekend. Uh, and if not, if, you listen, if you're one of those people that catches up after the fact, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening and, and for subscribing and for contributing on Patreon, which I did not mention at the beginning. Uh, we got right into it. So if you stuck through for like 50-odd minutes, uh, then make your way to patreon.com slash birds all day uh, and choose a couple bucks a month. We really appreciate it. It keeps us going, keeps us committed, keeps us uh, happy and living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. So for Mr. Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris Service. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.